for your liberality this morning. Amen. If you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Hey Amen. If I can get that picture up there. Hey Amen. Matthew chapter 6. So, uh, anyway, this is the uh, Staines family. Uh, they were missionaries they, uh, in, uh, in India for 34 years altogether, uh, laid down their lives. He was a doctor, uh, and she's a nurse. They went to India to be uh, missionaries there, and were missionaries for 34 years. Years have three kids, the daughter, then uh, uh, the two young boys, Philip and Timothy, 10 and 8. And so anyway, they're uh, uh, this in a leper colony. He wanted to really feel like God wanted him to go into this leper colony to, to help these people that uh, really hardships that we don't even know about. And so they're there uh, working for, like I say, 34 years altogether. Uh, amen. But one day he's out uh, conducting a crusade in a village, and you know he's preaching the gospel. After that, him and his sons at that age, eight and ten, I believe that's the age they are. Uh, so after the crusade, they go back to their car to just rest. It's hot; they're resting, and as they're sleeping, a group of uh, Indians uh, did not like his preaching, did not like his message, and. So they poured gasoline on the car and lit it on fire. And as it's burning, it says the father and the boys are trying to open the doors to get out, and this mob of people would not let them out. Rescuers come to try to help as well. This mob uh, group of people begin to beat the rescuers off, and uh, so the, the sons and the father burnt alive in that car. So the, her, the widow now, uh, a Gr- Grandy or Gracie, let me get her name right, uh, she was, she gets the news, Great, Grady, or Gladys, her name, Gladys, she gets the news, and no doubt devastated, the older daughter's there, uh, and, you know, they're trying to absorb what just happened, what just been said, but she goes on to say, she says, you know, I've sat down my daughter, and I told my daughter that, listen, we must forgive. Uh, the only way healing is going to come is that we forgive, and they forgave these uh, this group of people. The group of people was caught, brought to court, and at court, uh, she testifies, she stands and testifies, she says, listen, uh, we're going to forgive them. Me and my daughter are going to forgive. We hope that they find healing and restoration as uh, we did. But she goes on, the story goes on, they expected her to very quickly go back to Australia, it's where they're from, and she said, it didn't even cross my mind, uh, me and my husband already determined we're going to be buried uh, where we're serving, uh, so the boys and her husband was buried in a leper cemetery even to this day. So the question has always been asked, how can somebody just make up their mind, I'm going to forgive? Especially when it's a deep violation, even as that, uh, how can somebody just say, I'm going to forgive, make a decision, I'm going to forgive this member or this group of people? One man said, forgiveness is an act of faith. By forgiving another, I'm trusting that God is a better just maker than I am. 
By forgiving, I release my own right to get even and leave all issues of fairness for God to work out. I leave in God's I leave in God's hand the scales that must balance justice and mercy. Uh, amen. So with that in mind, let's go to Matthew chapter six, we start at verse nine. Jesus said, Pray then like this. This is the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we for, as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for if you forgive others their trespass your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses let's pray father i'm asking you this morning god that you'd move speak to men and women god help us to be a forgiving people God, that we'd use forgiveness, Lamb of God, in relationship with one another, relationships in life. Uh, help us to have your heart, God, that we'd have mercy, we'd forgive. Uh, help us to understand this and get it in us. In Jesus' name, God's people would say, Amen. So look first at our need for forgiveness. Amen. Today we are here because of forgiveness. The Bible says in uh, 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 Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have trespassed, violated God's moral law and his righteousness, every one of us. The Bible said all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all of us need God's forgiveness. We're here because we need uh, the forgiveness of God, and we're here because many of us have that forgiveness and we're able to live for God. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, neither the sexual and moral, nor idolaters or adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, uh, will inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you. So Paul's looking at his church, uh, and maybe he's preaching on forgiveness, I'm not sure, but he's looking at them and saying, listen, uh, we've all violated God. And he gives the list, and there's probably a lot more that can be added to that list. Uh, but he's pointing out the fact, listen, uh, we were sinners and righteous. We violated God. Uh, and listen, we need his forgiveness. Amen. While we're in sin, amen, we're dis uh, destroying our life, Romans 5, 8. Uh, but God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for uh, see, man, I've told you before, the first time I really got witnessed to, uh, I was at a party, uh, get, uh, separated from my wife, getting ready to get divorced. I was living with six guys, uh, and we were doing everything we could to destroy our lives. And uh, in the midst of that sin, Romans 5, 8 comes alive. God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. Uh, amen. I was deep in my sin, and as I'm at that place, Dennis Wright, preacher, our fellowship this went on to be with the Lord, but he stepped on my porch, uh, began to witness to me, and he started telling me, God loves you, Larry. Uh, he can forgive uh, you, you. You know, I began to tell my story. He said, God can heal your marriage, put your life back together, give your mind back. And, but I understood for a moment anyway, Christ does love me. He drove that home. Listen, Larry, God loves you. He can do a miracle uh, in your life, so that's the first time I begin to understand really that uh, as bad as I was as sinners, Christ did love me, and He wanted to forgive me. 
you know, the prodigal son, Luke 15, is just uh, filled with revelation. But the prodigal son filled with rebellion, uncleanness, and hatred. Remember, he goes to his father, and I imagine this was with attitude, rebellion. Uh, Give me what's mine. I'm leaving this place. Uh, Probably I don't ever want to come back. Don't ever want to see your face again. Uh, We know he went to as far as away as he could. To a far country, and there he spent everything he had on wild living. Uh, uh, and so that kind of gives us a picture of where this man's at in his mind. Uh, but the Bible says, in that sin, maybe the words his father told him in the father's house, God loves you, he's willing to forgive you, doesn't matter what you've done. But the Bible said he comes to his senses, uh, and he repents, he prays a prayer, he's going to go home, uh, I'm going to say this to my father as well. It's a prayer of repentance. And the Bible says, As the father saw him a long ways off, he ran to meet him, puts, out his, uh, puts a robe on his, on his shoulders, puts a ring on his fingers, shoes on his feet, uh, uh, amen, which identify him as a son. Uh, think about this. Uh, his father didn't say, Hey, uh, stop right there. You're not welcome anymore. You need to... Uh, you know, whatever, you're not coming in this house. No, the Bible said he held his arms wide open. Uh, actually, it fell on his neck and they wept. He kissed his son, uh, just glad to have him back. You know, God shows us in the story that no matter what the violation is, uh, God forgives, but also shows us we must forgive. Amen. Not only do we need God's forgiveness, uh, uh, other people need our forgiveness as well. Uh, this father understood, listen, my son needs my forgiveness. Uh, I'm going to restore his life, clothe him again. Uh, that's a sign of great forgiveness there. You know, through forgiveness, the prodigal son was forgiven. And through love, he was restored. You know, Gladys Staines, uh, the picture we just showed you, not only did she stay in India, uh, but she fulfilled her husband's dream there. So the husband's dream was, again, he's a doctor, she's a nurse, uh, he wanted to build this hospital that would house uh, uh, these lepers and they, them get healed. She went on to stay there, her and her daughter, and they built a, a surgical clinic that would cater uh, to these lepers. That actually had 15 surgical beds in there. It's, uh, the hospital's a lot bigger, but 15 units in there that they could actually uh, commit uh, or do surgery on these lepers, make their life better, and... She's just an amazing lady. You read her story, but that's forgiveness. You know, in our text, sin is represented under the notion of a debt. Forgiveness clears that debt, though. In salvation, when we clear out the old debt, uh, a new debt is incurred. I want to read uh, John or uh, Romans eight twelve. So, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So. Once we get saved, we're no longer a debtor to the flesh. Uh, but it goes on to say, but we are debtors uh, to the Spirit. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. So once we get forgiven, we give our life to Jesus, there's a new debt uh, that we have. And that debt is, listen, uh, I'm going to live by the Spirit of God, do what the Spirit of God says, Romans 6.19. But know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. You're about the Therefore, honor God with your body. So I'm thinking about this couple in India. Here's uh, all this happened to her husband, her sons, a devastating. I couldn't imagine the pain that she felt, the agony that 
She went through the loneliness, uh, but she knew, listen, uh, I'm a Christian. I'm indebted to the God. I'm indebted to show these people forgiveness. I'm indebted to show them Christ. Uh, and she did. You know, our debts were not just canceled, but pardoned, the Bible says. You know, when we get saved, uh, God doesn't just cancel debt, but He pardons uh, or brings restoration in. God begins to heal the damaged areas that sin caused in our life, the broken relationships. Uh, God begins to heal and restore that. Can you say amen? It says, led by the Spirit, which means to be Christ-like, especially in forgiveness. Verse 14, our text. Uh, if he, uh, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive men not their trespasses, this is scary. Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, for unforgiveness is such an awful thing to God, such a wrong thing, uh, such an ungodly thing, that our text says if we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven. If we don't forgive others... Uh, and we know how bad we need forgiven, uh, uh, not, not just one time, but probably many times. Uh, but the Bible says we can't forgive. You know, note here, God's cancellation of your debt is contingent or depending on, subject to uh, how we forgive those who have trespassed against us. There's not one person in here that can say, I've never been done wrong. I've never been violated, never done any, you know, I've always just had a great life. Uh, nobody's ever talked to me bad, done wrong. No, we all have to traffic in forgiveness, don't we? Most of you have a list uh, of people that have done you wrong, said things wrong to you, uh, or things that need to be forgiven. We can make a list, but listen, uh, we have to forgive if we want to be forgiven. You know, I've seen Christians uh, become bitter develop unforgiving spirit towards those uh, who have done them wrong over the years. I know two families right now in my mind, I've known these people for years, uh, they want to talk to each other in church. They're in a bigger church where several hundred people, one sits on one side, the other side, they will not even, it's time to shake, will not shake hands. Will not look at each other, uh, will not talk to each other. And what makes it worse, their families. Their family involved uh, uh, something happened years ago. Uh, uh, they sit through all the sermons, come uh, church uh, service after service, but will not uh, forgive, even talk or shake hands. That's what's behind unforgiveness. It makes you unsociable, makes you hateful, bitter, and unforgiving. You know, I've seen unforgiveness cripple relationships uh, in the church, as I just mentioned, but also damage marriages. I've seen in marriages uh, uh, something happen, uh, maybe not a big violation, but maybe something that broke some trust. Uh, you didn't tell, tell me, you didn't ask me, uh, or something that gets roots, uh, and it becomes a, uh, and, and there's all this unforgiveness now. Uh, I will never, uh, you know, trust again. I, you know, and on and on, it's damaged the marriage to so bad. They can't even talk anymore. They can't enjoy each other. There's no holding hands, walking down the road. Uh, there's no embrace. There's no nothing because, listen, uh, uh, you did this. Matthew 18, 21, then, Peter, then, Peter, uh, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times Jesus said unto him, 
I say unto you uh, not only seven times, but 70 times seven. That's a lot of forgiveness. Can you say amen? That's a lot of, Jesus was saying, listen, there can never be an end to this. Uh, you, you can never be an end to how much you're willing to forgive because listen, once you stop forgiving, Jesus said you can't be forgiven either. You know, Jesus not only said 70 times 7, but then he told him a parable of the king who had a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. Uh, and a talent is a weight of gold. So we're talking 10,000 talents. I had the number written down one time. I lost that number. But if we if we crunched the numbers, they'd be in the millions. So this man owed him millions of dollars. Uh, and the story goes that Jesus tells the story. He falls down, begs, uh, listen, I can't pay the debt. In those days, they would take the wife, the family, come and work off the debt. But how about, there's no working off that much money. There's no... Uh, uh, none of that. So, uh, so anyway, he falls on his face, begs uh, his master, his boss, uh, uh, I can't pay, forgive me, give me time. And the Bible says the master of that servant said, listen, uh, uh, I'm going to just forgive the debt. You're free to go, go, you know, do what you have to do. I'm sure there's excitement. I mean, you get forgiven that much of a debt. Uh, I mean, there's, um, he probably went home and just, you know, tell his wife, let's go celebrate, let's go out to steakhouse, let's eat, uh, let's celebrate this. No more debt. But the Bible said he went out and found another person that owed him just a little bit. Uh, just a handful of change, basically. Uh, and was so, And this man, hey, give me time, uh, I'll pay it back. And, but the Bible said this man was so uh, unruly, grabs this guy by the throat, shakes him, puts him in jail, that's how he paid that back. In verse 32, said, Then his Lord said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have also had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had compassion on you? And his Lord was angry and delivered him to the torturers till he would pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35, So likewise, shall your heavenly Father do also to you, if you from your heart do not forgive everyone, uh, your brother that trespassed against you. Think about that. Uh, Jesus said uh, God has the same mind frame. Uh, if we don't forgive that debt that we've forgiven, uh, we're going to pay it back off. That debt that we're forgiven, uh, listen, it's going to come back on us. Uh, this is how big forgiveness is. And as we forgive, amen, we're released from the debt. But if we don't forgive, all that comes back. Look, secondly, the God of second chances. It's getting hot in here. I don't know if it's hot out there. The God of second chances. You know, if King David had not been given a second chance, uh, you know, there wouldn't be many of the great Psalms that we're comforted with today. Here's David. You know the story. He's, he fell uh, with Bathsheba. He uh, falls into sin. Amen. But... He asked for forgiveness, you know, all the damage that was done. He realized what he did, falls on, on his face, asked for forgiveness, and he was given a second chance. How many know people need second chances? You know, think about Jonah. Uh, Jonah, here's a man that got to go to Nineveh, preach the gospel. I'm not going to do it. Uh, and he didn't do it. We know the story. He's thrown out of the boat, swallowed by a big fish. Uh, finally, uh, you know, he spit up on the... and. and but he's given another chance. Uh, I mean, he's repenting in the big fish. Uh, 
He spit out, he gives another chance, and when he go, gives this second chance, he goes to Nineveh, and he's preaching, and the whole city gets saved. Think about if he wouldn't have got another chance. All the people in Nineveh, maybe God could have raised up somebody else, uh, but uh, we know what Jonah did in Nineveh, the message that he preached, and, uh, but just think if he wasn't given another chance. Talk about the disciples. Bible said they all forsook Christ during the crucifixion. Uh, think about if they wouldn't give given a second chance. Remember after Jesus rose, uh, Jesus is on the, the shoreline, he's got some fish cooking up there and different things. Uh, hey boys, uh, what's, what are you doing out there? You know, what he's doing, Jesus, they bring, Jesus brings them in, gives them a second chance. Uh, remember, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Uh, they go, feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, uh, I'm not done with you. You still have a calling. You still have a purpose. Uh, I still have a desire to move through your life. And, and no doubt, Peter felt at that point all the shame uh, leave his body and, uh, because he knew what he had just done uh, days before, how he'd be betrayed the Lord. I don't know who he is, uh, but Jesus gave him a second chance. You know, the prodigal's father didn't stop his son. I'll, you really show me uh, that you're sorry. Maybe I'll forgive you. You know what the, the prodigal's father did? He opened his arms wide, as I said, embraced him, restored him. Uh, that's forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not only forgiving, but it's restoring. When God forgave us, he didn't stand afar off with uh, uh, skepticism, but he reconciled us back to himself through Jesus Christ. As I read earlier, Christ died uh, on the cross where we're still in sin. God reconciled us to himself again through Christ. So forgiveness is not only forgiving, uh, uh, but it's also uh, operating in reconciliation. This word reconciliation means restoring uh, in friendly relations. Amen. It's, it's a, a, you know, it's a spirit of, uh, again, the prodigal son, the, the father and the son, he comes, sees him coming home. Uh, I mean, there's the love of the father, the outstretched arms, the weeping, the restoring, gives him the, the robe again, the staff, the ring, the shoes. Uh, that's what we call wrecking. So that's restoring him back into the family. Matthew 5.23, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has odd against you, leave there your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. This is so important to God. That, listen, if you're at the altar and you remember, man, uh, this I've got unforgiveness against my brother, my sister, my husband, wife, whoever, uh, uh, Jesus says, Get up from the altar, go make it right uh, with them, then come back to the altar because it's hard to pray uh, to a forgiving God uh, when you're not willing to forgive. When you have all this unforgiveness uh, locked up in your heart, it's hard to pray, it's hard to speak to God, it's hard to receive from God because unforgiveness fights all that. Jesus is saying here, listen, uh, you can't really pray without forgiveness. You know, we love 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We've used that a million times over, right? We've got witness. We tell people, listen, you get saved. Uh, God can wipe out all the sin of you. But the next verse, we often don't read. It says in verse 18, 
And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, once we're forgiven, it's our job now to bring restoration. It's our job as a Christian uh, to all those as we can anyway uh, to restore relationship, especially in the house of God, uh, in a marriage, in a family. Those who are, are that close, listen, we do everything we can to restore this. He said it's a ministry of reconciliation. Uh, uh, not just a once thing, but a ministry. It's something that we do over and over and over. We keep our hearts right. Uh, we keep this spirit of uh, re restoration in front of us. I'm not going to allow this to break a relationship, to damage relationship, whatever. Uh, it's a ministry here. You know, once we're forgiven, we're supposed to forgive and restore. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if your brother shall sin against you, uh, go uh, tell him your faults between you and him alone. That's good advice. Before you go tell your friends, tell, your, tell the friend that sinned against you. Stops the gossip. If he shall hear you, you have gained your brother, verse 16, but if he will not hear you, then take it to one or two more that uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Verse 17. And shall, if he uh, shall neglect to hear them, then tell it to the church. Uh, and then we can go on and on. But listen, uh, if somebody's got an issue, you go to them first. That's how you kill that spirit of unforgiveness because once it turns into gossip uh, and it gets out, uh, you know how it gets. She tells this story later for years. Uh, she always wanted to go talk to her father. She always wanted to go tell him, listen, I'm sorry. I said words I shouldn't have said. Uh, please forgive me. But she said she just let time go by. Uh, and the story goes, he, and they talked to the man. The same thing. The man, as the years go by, this is his daughter. Uh, you know, he got all kinds of love for her. But, uh, you know, months went by, years went by. And both of them thinking, hey, one day I'm going to reach out. One day I'm going to pick up the phone. One day I'm going to call. Uh, I'm going to go to the house. We're going to restore relationships. Well, the lady, this, the daughter gets to call. Uh, listen, your father's on his deathbed. He's ready. Uh, you know, he had this uh, serious illness. He's, he's on his deathbed. Uh, and she's talking to the nurse on the phone. She said, listen, uh, keep me alive 30 more minutes. It's going to take me 30 minutes to get there. She's in her car. She's racing. She's in tears. Uh, all the emotions and as she's on her way there, he goes in a cardiac arrest, uh, and he dies. And she gets to the hospital. She meets the nurse. The nurse brings her into the room. Uh, and for the next 10 or 15 minutes, this, uh, the nurse is telling the story. She's just weeping uh, at her father and sobbing, saying all these words that she wished she would have said. And, but the nurse seen a piece of paper on the nightstand beside his bed. Uh, and after, you know, the daughter wept and stuff, so... She got her attention. It says this. Said the nurse, try, uh, uh, okay. Said my, the note said this, my dearest Jane, I forgive you. I pray that you also forgive me. I know that you love me and I also love you, Daddy. You know, we thank God for that, but wouldn't it have been so much better if they wouldn't let the months go by, years go by? Think of the relationships that could have been there, the the memories that could have been built, the time that they lost just because of unforgiveness. And listen, how many 
memories could we have this morning if we just simply operate in forgiveness? Our text says this in verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespass, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's scary to me. I pray a lot of times in the morning, God, if I've offended somebody, God, if I've said things wrong where they're mad, uh, you know, to the point where I'm not, I'm not going to church, or I'm not talking to them, God, give me, help me here. I want to talk to them, I want to forgive them, I want to whatever, because listen, I don't ever want my prayer, it's a selfish prayer, but I don't want my prayers hindered. Uh, and listen, I also want them free as well. God, speak to me if I've done somebody wrong that I can make this thing right. Look lastly at forgiveness the key to life. You know, our text is actually what we call Lord's Prayer again. Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. Listen to this one more time. Pray then this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for if you forgive others their trespass your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespass neither neither will your father forgive your trespasses jesus is saying here it is impossible to pray to god your will be done on earth god give us our daily bread uh Deliver us from temptation uh, if you're not going to forgive. Now think about that whole prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, they're praying for these daily necessities. God, help us uh, in these areas of need, uh, of relationship and all, all these things. But Jesus said, if you're not willing to forgive, uh, all that's stopped up. I mean, God doesn't supply anything if we have in our heart uh, an unwillingness to forgive. So that tells me today, Many people are struggling just in the, uh, the areas of needs being met, daily bread, uh, amen, strength against temptation simply because uh, they have this unforgiveness locked up in their heart because they won't forgive, uh, their needs aren't met. Because they won't forgive, uh, they struggle in these other areas, uh, and I believe can all be pointed back to this point, uh, listen, you need to forgive, need to restore, let that go, let... Uh, build, you know, restore the relationship, whatever. Uh, but think about it that way. If you don't forgive, uh, all these other areas of life are, are touched. Our text shows us just how powerful forgiveness is as well. Forgiveness is the key, again, to daily needs being met, strength given to fight temptation, uh, and having our own sins forgiven. Uh, that's how powerful forgiveness is as we forgive uh, it does open the door for our daily needs being met, uh, strength against temptation. Now, I don't know about you, but I need that. God, help me in these areas uh, of life. You know, I've seen husbands flourish because the wife forgives them. I've seen a wife flourish because the husband simply says, I forgive you. This is so vital in a marriage. Uh, just the, just that, that, that element of forgiveness. Just being forgiving, I, you know, you don't have to say it all the time, I forgive you. It's not that you have to say it, but it's the attitude. It's the, 
just the life you live, uh, that you're not going to hold everything against her or him. Uh, there's just an attitude of forgiveness. You know, unforgiveness, think about it. What it's filled with is filled with hatred, bitterness, anger, and malice. If you ever met people, especially in a marriage, uh, in a family setting, uh, if there's unforgiveness, man, all the other stuff is there. You mention that, it's like, ah. You know, you can't even uh, mention the name without, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You mention that name, and man, they, they have a whole list of things they want to say. You know, I've watched my wife move a plant one time. It was dying. I thought, hey, throw that thing away. You know, my wife's got this, this ability with plants, man. She can, you know, her garden, well, you, you got some of her garden last year, but... Uh, uh, she really does have a, a green thumb. And so anyway, she's moving this plant out of this one pot, and I said, you know, my, my it's over, throw it away. It ain't worth the work. Uh, but, you know, she will work on one plant for days and weeks if she has to. She'll go by it and trim it, you know, and, and uh, she's patting it, you know, and uh, the, the, the dirt in there. I'm like, I'm just watching her, you know, and, you know, and she even talks to it. Don't tell her I said that. But she's given this plant all this care, and finally, you know, she puts it, she pulls it up, puts it in another uh, pot and of, of soil and stuff, and this thing comes alive. It starts growing, blossoming. It starts looking alive and good. And I, I go, how'd you do that? And basically, she said, she said, you know, the difference with the soil. I had to get it out of that soil that was just damaged. Uh, it wasn't providing what that plant needed to survive, even though she tried to put stuff in it, it just wasn't working. And once she pulled it up, put it in the other plant, uh, it came alive. And I'm like, that's spiritual there. There's some uh, uh, relationships that the soil is bitterness, it's hatred, it's unforgiveness. Uh, but you pull that plant out and you put it in a, uh, an atmosphere of forgiveness and love and care, man, it just blossoms. I've had... Couples come off us that they just repented. Uh, I'm sorry for treating like I'm sorry for saying that. And they really did start working on their marriage. And I'm telling you, just blossom. It's spiritual, amen. They need a miracle. And once they simply forgave and the soil was changed, and now there's, they're blossoming, their, their lives are fruitful even until this day. Uh, they're doing well simply because, listen, uh, they changed the soil. You know, forgiveness is rich soil, which comes from God. And it's through repentance. Uh, there's been times I've had to repent my marriage. I got, I'm sorry what I said, what I did. They forgive me. And I say it with all sincerity, and I meant it. And it seemed like, man, things just got a lot better. So if you have a forgiving heart, you're not holding a grudge, you're not holding hatred, uh, Listen, your life, your marriage, your family, relationships, uh, they're going to flourish. They're going to do well. So we need to take mind what Jesus said today uh, because it's a big part of life. You know, as we traffic through life, listen, things are going to happen. Words are going to be said. We're going to be involved in things that, that have the ability to twist us, anger us, embitter us. Uh, I mean, get all this. Unfor but listen, uh, Jesus says it's not worth holding it. Got to forgive if you want forgiven. Can you say amen?
Let's bow our heads this morning. Let me close.